The following podcast contains uncensored coarse language. Listeners are advised that some of the following content may not be appropriate for those under 15 years of age. Hello everybody, thank you very much for downloading this episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. For more information, you can visit the Cinema Catch-Up Club's official Facebook page. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club. Or you can visit our website, thoughtjarproductions.com. This podcast is available on iTunes and SoundCloud, and we would really appreciate your subscriptions there, so pick your service of choice. For more information about this and other podcasts we produce, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com. And now, for this week's episode. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Testing, testing, testing one, one, two. T- t- <laughs> testing. Well, they both work. <laughs> <laughs> Hello everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club podcast, the podcast for movies that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, it's back to normal service. That's right, our month of foreign language films has been and done, so we're going to celebrate with a good old classic all-English language affair in Slumdog Millionaire, (laughs) which uh, I found out today about one-fifth of it is in Hindi. Um, I believe so. Joining me to review Slumdog Millionaire, we have, as always, someone who has seen the film and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film, it's Tegan Mulvaney, everybody. Hola. Hola. Um, ¿Qué pasa? Uh, ¿Qué ¿qué pasó? (laughs) Hi. Hello. Can't keep that up. (laughs) Excellent. Uh, Tegan, as you might be able to tell, is a comedian. Oh, uh... no. Don't say that. She'll never oh. be booked again. Well, what what are you, Tegan? What would you prefer to be known Gee, as? Gee, I don't know. I, I'm currently I'm a puppeteer, so let's go with that. Okay. I puppeteer for a children's cancer charity, which is quite nice. And you have not seen Slumdog Millionaire? No, I haven't. I I don't know what happened there. Just kind <laughs> just of came out ten years ago. What, yeah. what what were you doing ten years ago? Because that's the reason we're doing it today. Is oh. it's it's turning ten. Then I have a legit good reason because, mm-hmm. like, in two weeks from now, I would be giving birth to a child. So, mm. probably pregnancy. And it probably wasn't my film of choice when mm. I was pregnant. Mm. Um, when, what, what month was Maisie born? September. Yeah, this film came out in December. So, oh. you, you've been, yeah, you would have just been nursing a little thing. Right in the depths right of, what is it. this thing? Yeah. Mm. Keeps Excellent. wanting my boob. Fair enough. What is it? <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so that wasn't you, even my child. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm going to say that's a fair enough reason. I also haven't seen it, um, and I don't know why. I, have, I haven't had a child uh, at all, let alone at the time that well, this ten film years came. ago you were a child. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Ten years ago, I was 18, doing film studies, going, "Wait, I'm catching up. I've just watched Casablanca for the first <laughs> time." <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, what are you expecting then from the film? I'm expecting. Um, I'm expecting to enjoy it. I do love Danny Boyle films. I, I don't, but that's about it. That's all I can really think of. It's um, again, it's just kind of. I, I expect a film that was worthy of the awards that it won as well, um, which you know is not always a good thing to, 
to expect, but no, I think I'll I think I'll enjoy it. I'm actually quite excited to see it. I think it's all about right. well, bloody time. Well, joining us to tell us all about Slumdog Millionaire, uh, he's the guest who's seen it. He's the only official movie reviewer on this movie review podcast. It's uh, the big dog himself, Luke Jago. <laughs> Thank you. That's the best intro you've ever given me. Hi, Steve. Hi, Tegan. Hi. Hello. Uh, well, you know, I'm just playing around. Um, I um, love it. Yes. Yeah, so, Luke, you have seen Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah. When it came out of the movies and watched it repeatedly on DVD and Blu-ray, I love this film. You love this film? I do. I really do. Oh, yeah, it, it's it, one of my favourite. I mean, not my favourite Danny Boyle film. I love most of them. They're all pretty great. Mm. Um, but this sits up there in my top five of his, I think. Yeah. Okay, uh, first question, what is your favourite Danny Boyle film? Oh, well, probably Trainspotting. Mm. Okay. You know, yeah, like, just a... easy easy answer. It's mm. just straight up inspired me. Like, What's oh, your man, you second can... favourite Danny Boyle oh, Yeah, well, okay. Um, probably 28 Days Later. I really I really enjoyed that film. Mm. Yeah, like, just he, just he does a different genre almost every time and just kicks it out of the park and mm. does it in his own cool visually stunning way mm. you know with his crazy editing and music choices and uh, yeah is your third favorite danny okay. boyle experience uh the opening ceremony for oh, the, the olympics. london olympics mm. uh yes that is my Excellent. third he my mind. yeah and then yeah close after that is uh probably millions you ever see that one no it's his, it's his family film that he made Okay. So he's delved into a family film with his two boys and they discover like millions of pounds of lost money and they decide to give it to the poor and stuff. It's like a Christmas film. That's awesome. I should totally see it. Maisie, Maisie would love that one. Yeah. Is Millions a prequel or a sequel to Slumdog Millionaire? Uh, it's a distant cousin of, okay. yeah, in a, you know, same universe, I'm sure. But mm. um, yeah, no conflicting storylines at all. No. Okay. No cross paths. Relating to Slumdog Millionaire... Mm. Um, in a sort of vague, non-spoilery way for both Tegan and myself, because we haven't seen it, and for yep. the uh, uninitiated listener at home, uh, what, what can they expect from, from Slumdog? Uh, expect, it's kind of uh, like a, a whimsical, yet strangely, realistically intense sort of film, but done with, like I said, done with that Danny Boyle visual uh, trickery that... um. You know, it's all in the editing and the music and everything, but it's genuinely real performances from the actors. There are some harrowing moments in it, but also really um, funny and light moments in it as well. Um, it's just a journey, you know. It's like being on one of those Indian trains, you know, that you do got to hang on to the side and, <laughs> you know, go to the toilet through 20 cabins and go back for the curry. This is why he's the big dog, Luke. Jagger. That's right. <laughs> you listen to me for listen for me on six PR, ladies and gentlemen. That uh, is the kind of reviews you're going to get. Well, shall we jump into it so we can get a review on this one? Yes. Okay. For those of you listening at home, pop in your DVDs and uh, I guess prepare to phone a friend. Do you think people are actually mm. still using DVDs? Well, I am. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> I love that we are. We just like podcasts, the most up to date kind mm. of informative form of like you know mm. entertainment and we're using dvds yeah well every time i'm on you know i'm always going to bring a blu-ray copy of the film that's, which i usually do have that's so, true yes yeah. so yeah. when luke is on we we have the blu-rays but um yeah a little Ooh. bit of inside baseball for you folks listening at home i do buy the dvds basically every <laughs> week um this is probably a great time to mention we have a patreon which helps yes. fund me buying <laughs> those dvds go to patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast and throw in a dollar it helps us get um 
uh, whatever's coming up in the next month, probably. Because uh, you don't just like choose the movies from what's in the JB Hi-Fi bargain, bargain bin. No. You actually oh. pick movies All legit. BP yeah. bin box, $2 yeah, extra rental. I, I could easily just go through Netflix. We could be watching like a Christmas story or whatever that, that thing they made. <laughs> well, someone's oh, still got to pay for that because yeah. your budget is currently zero at the moment. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So come on, people. I put my $10 in. in for Patreon. I'm yeah. a Patreon. So do I. Nizer. <laughs> I just said that I don't. I'm sorry, but I will. I promise. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I think the DVD might be in by now. So <laughs> let's prepare to watch Slumdog Millionaire. Hello everybody, Stephen Platt here, just letting you know about another production that is coming up from the folks at Thought Jar Productions. It's a science fiction radio play series called Atlantis. It's currently being staged in Perth, Western Australia, and if you happen to live in the area, or are very keen and want to fly in, you can come and see live science fiction radio play theatre happening before your very eyes. If you are unable to make it to Perth any time between now and October the 4th when the final show is staged, you can listen in online for absolutely free. Just head to atlantisradioplay.com, click listen online, and you can hear the episodes as they are coming out. There's also an attached survey, which is part of some PhD research of mine into science fiction theatre, which you can choose whether or not you would like to fill out. For more information, please visit our website, atlantisradioplay.com, or like our Facebook page, just search for Thought Jar Productions. Keep listening to the end of this episode, and you'll hear a little snippet from episode one of Atlantis, just to see if it's your sort of thing. And now, back to the Cinema Catch-Up Club. And welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching Slumdog Millionaire. And by we, I, of course, mean Tegan Mulvaney. Jayo! And Luke Jago. Hi. <laughs> Is that how you'd like your name pronounced from now on? Like Jaiho? Yes, please. Okay. Jago! Yep. Um, could be your ringtone. You could just be Platt and I going, Jago! Actually, can I just get... Oh. Okay. Yep, do it again. Okay. Jago! done excellent all right uh we may have enjoyed this film uh, as you might be able to tell um or at least i really enjoyed it tegan it was your first time watching it did you we, did you love it i loved it it was amazing mm. oh it was so yeah i wish i'd seen it at the cinema yeah now it's one of those cinema regret films where you'd wish you'd seen it at the cinema. God, yeah, it's just it's very crazy. cinematic. I mean, intense close-ups, but huge, wide, establishing shots yeah. that are just beautiful and everything that lends itself to cinema is in that film. Yeah, you know? I, I, I found myself very, very drawn in. And um, the the lounge room, which we're watching, is a perfectly nice lounge room. You know, I mean, it's not it's not like... A, but, but you're right, it's, it's that thing of... Um, seeing it in like a very nice lounge room setting and it's it's really drawing in you in it's that thing mm. of going oh man seeing this is in the cinema my socks would have been blown off this is amazing and i guess all that you know all of those indian street scenes where you're i think you'd get more of a sense of the people and the smells and mm. the intensity and like the 
claustrophobia mm. and things like that. Like you can get that from a TV screen. Imagine that in a cinema. Yeah, and a strange beauty as well. Like Absolutely. Just the yeah. yeah. And it was very effective. I mean, I, I found myself. I've, I personally haven't been to India, but I found myself. Um, reminded partly because of the way it was shot of um i've spent some time in southeast asia in very populated areas like mm. like kuala lumpur and places yeah. like that and it was very reminiscent of that experience of just there's so many people yeah um and it was coming across very strongly um i i'm really not sure where to begin so let's begin at the start of the film with dev patel getting beat up <laughs> he's, yeah. he's yeah. in an interrogation team. right into it in a very clever kind of editing back and forth style with slapping his face and mm. then it snaps you back into the can we start Think right at the start where they they set up the que- oh the questions the question yeah. they so yeah. they they say oh, how does a is it does it start with how does a chaiwala yeah. win and then they has, have they actually list a b c and d, d. Yeah. Mm. he cheats he knows the answers he's a genius he's a genius it is written yeah and it's so good mm. I mean this is essentially I realised halfway halfway through this is the who wants to be a millionaire movie. Which Absolutely. I didn't know I needed. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, neither did Danny Boyle. Like he was sent this script, and um, at first he would he was passing on it because he just didn't want to make a who who wants to be a millionaire movie. That was his yeah. m- mindset. But he was a fan of the writer Simon Beaufort, who wrote his favorite movie, The Full Monty. Apparently, it's one mm. of his favorite did movies. It? Oh, cool! Yeah, it's a f- good movie. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and, and w- when I again doing a bit of trivia troll, came across that, and then watching this, I'm like. Oh yeah, I can see that. I can yeah. see that that connection to Full Monty. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's just great. He just gave, thank God he gave it another look and thought mm. I could really. He loved the framing device of it, which That's I'm it. sure we're going to talk about. Which yeah. is just a beautiful structure for any film, any romance, any action film, mm. whatever. When and I figured out that framing device is probably twenty. That second question, and I was so excited. Yeah. That's the mm. thing. It was like, oh my God, this is so clever and mm. so brilliant yeah and then it just unraveled more and more and more and it just got more clever and more brilliant mm. and i think the thing that this film does which is really clever is who wants to be a millionaire is is obviously like an international phenomenon i mean it's still mm. on tv and it's you realize from watching this film oh the set is the same everywhere and the music even when they stop the show with the siren it sounds like a afl footy yeah, siren yeah. Like yeah. it came straight from eddie Maguire's. yeah you know, but, but but that's just it it was it because i i obviously grew up in the uk and we had obviously the version the I, I guess the original version with Chris Tarrant. Um, and then mm-hmm. um, obviously you've got the Australian version with uh, everyone's favourite Eddie Maguire as the host, who Yay. I'm sure we'll, we'll come back to. And um, yeah, just seeing that uniformity, I think there's a really great idea of tying in the the two stories, tying in the quiz show half of the story into something that is so well recognised. Mm. Because I found myself at times watching this feeling the same tension I felt watching who wants to be a millionaire mm, yeah. when it was someone that had gotten far. And this was not real. This was a script. Yeah. But I was totally, totally immersed. And it was so good. I just, I was yeah. just, yeah. So and uh, yeah, framing it as though the reason he knows all these answers is just because it's his life experience. It, it, it is written, it is destiny. And um, it, it's just so wonderfully structured. Um Oh, it's just great. Yeah, you just... get a question, then you get the backstory mm. of that yeah. why he knows the answer to it while being beaten and up and interrogated. I well, mean, that's it's it's awesome. so simple. Like yeah. he's there's no secrets to it. Mm. He's 
He's telling the story to the police who are beating the crap out of him mm. to explain why he knows the answers. It's like, oh, it's there's no tricks. You know, mm. there's no like deception. I, I, For me, it resonates. As I always feel like we, you know, when people, you've got intelli- intelligent people and you've got um, people who can learn stuff. Mm but they're not the same. Mm. So intelligence doesn't then mean that you know heaps of things. There's a there's you, mm. you could some of the most intelligent people I know dropped out of school. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and maybe just had more experience in life yeah. and learning. Yeah. But it from, doesn't from inhibit yeah. their intelligence. Yeah, they there are is, still mm. intelligent. But yeah. you could yeah. but there's people who can learn stuff. Like yeah. you can learn anything if you put your mind to it, but mm. it doesn't mean you'll be intelligent. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's what it felt like. And I think the really great thing that they showed with the character of Jamal, um who who we follow from from very young days is is how um he essentially just took on board those experiences and in a way it was it was almost like it was reminiscent of a lot of sort of almost like a fantasy adventure film where yeah. it's it's him and Salim and you know they they obviously they lose their mother very early on due to like uh, religious infighting um and so they're forced to go onto the road and they um you know you see them working the trains and then getting the job at the Taj Mahal and it all does feel a bit like a big adventure mm. um but tied into I mean, the real world, it tied into this this um, Indian culture. And I think the other thing that really comes across, along with the difference between knowing and learning, is um, the way they use the class system. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because obviously within an Indian society, it, it is very, very present. Yeah. And having him as a... Uh, I, now, what was the pronunciation? It was Chaiwala. Chaiwala. Chaiwala, thank you. Having him as this Chaiwala, this um, tea server, this sort of like... I'm trying to think what the what the equivalent would be. Like, it wouldn't be like a like a bogan tradie. It would be more just like a shit kicker assistant yeah. at the bottom rung of the ladder, like like in a, any bi- cleaner, any probably business. Yeah, yeah, cleaner, yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. And it's you know, it's kind of like I just thought it was a really great way, and I, re- I always thought it was a really. I just really love the fact that nobody could accept the fact that that this this guy who made tea for everyone would know things because. It's so ingrained yeah. that the lower classes are stupid yeah. to the point where the police are like, "Well, how did he do that?" I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's great. yeah. It's it's just doing so many wonderful things. Um, Doesn't pull any punches mm. when it looks at that. The, the cruelty, ins- the cruelty of the that of yeah. culture. Yeah. I think that, and I think that's really important because. Yep. I, that you know, that's that become is because of the class system, and that's showing how terrifying it gets when mm. there's clashes between class and religion and gender and and India, as beautiful and as dirty as it is, like the the, Not the slums get, and that's it. You, but you get the most beauty beautiful yeah. things mixed with the filthiest, you know, mm. sewers and stuff. It's so incredible the way they've depicted that that scene where um they go well, i'm skipping ahead a bit we can skip backwards where they go to the mum 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 the you know the guy that mumman oh yeah oh marman yeah marman his yeah. um his mansion on the side he's got a giant mansion on the side of a slum and yeah. a rock quarry yeah but he's built this like i think that that aerial shot was absolutely incredible because yeah. that house has to bloody exist yeah for them to find that it, like it's 
almost comical. And it tells a story about Absolutely. exactly what that guy's position is. Yeah. About how he's like Fagan of Fagan's gang. He's got yeah. rich spot right next to the slum where his employees are. Exactly. Why would you up. build it anywhere else? Yeah. It's so and, incredible. And it's amazing how they do that with, with the gangsters. With um, obviously who, the guy who turns to be the big gangster in the film, Javid. With um, at the beginning of the film when they're running away from the guards that were chasing them off the 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 cricket pitch slash airport mm. um, yeah. and both the kids and the like chasing police officer both apologize for running into the car yeah, <laughs> yeah that's which, right yeah which is just i thought was a really nice I, I think it really set out okay this is the world that we're entering this is this is what's um what's happening and in the same way that a few weeks ago when we were doing mad max Everything about the way they shot India made me have more questions mm. um, about this world, except it's a real place. Um, yeah, that's true. And, yeah. like, the shot of the, uh, the, for want of a better word, the dunnies, um, when, when uh, Jamal's locked himself in there and is taking too long, and the fact they work there, just, just the way they're set up, and, like, you know, you can see quite clearly where all the poop goes and, and the, the, the whole environment around it just made me really go okay that's new that's yeah. that's amazing and it's just literally some toilets mm. yeah and it but but it's again it's just danny ball just makes things good i he think does. That, he I, makes it yeah. look beautiful i mean obviously in makes toilets look beautiful. exactly yeah. well they did i mean all that shit <laughs> he, he does have a track he does have a track record with that as well he does yeah <laughs> spotting classic scene yeah, well, that, I mean, that's. I mean, I don't know if this film would have been as successful in the hands of other directors. You know, um, Danny Boyle just, and in conjunction with his um, frequent DOP now, Anthony Dodd Mantle, who is awesome. I mean, his work on 127 Hours and uh, even Rush, that Ron Howard movie, like mm. he gets right in there with his camera. He's a big um, fan of digital, using digital mm. technology and. God, he gets some good images that I just love. And Danny Boyle just uses him perfectly. And mm. he just knows how to move a story along, get the most incredible, intense wide shots and close-ups and edit them into this amazing piece of cinema. Like, I've, you know, I'm always going to watch anything Danny Boyle does, you know. Mm. And this is a perfect film for me. And he finally won a Best Director Oscar for it. Yeah, I mean, it's it cleaned so... up. It cleaned up at the Oscar. Well, it de- it's deserved. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. I, yeah. I was so I was so glad there was a happy ending as well. I was so distressed. Yeah, it's was pretty like, intense. <laughs> and, uh, uh, when she because when because she, she was walking, she's walking through the streets of India alone. So I was like, oh god, oh god, is she Anything? gonna get? Like, I know how the why because we just watched that yeah. film. The other film. Jago and I watched a film set in India. Where women what, get yeah. kidnapped. What will people say? Yeah. yeah. What will people? And and so I was like, oh my god. Something bad's going to happen, and then and then it was happy. Yeah. <laughs> I was so happy. I think we'd had enough of the the sad at that point. Well, like, that's it. It didn't. Yeah. It didn't. It didn't make any. Uh, it didn't make the film bad. It like it didn't no. go. You didn't go. Ah, oh. actually, you needed yeah. that ending, and it was plausible, yeah. and it was lovely. Was really and nice. I think it's also they they did a really good job through performance, through writing, through direction to make us want that relationship to be successful, yeah. because there isn't. A massive amount to it in terms of like they have very little screen time together that's the, the story it's like love and loss and then finding your love again yeah, I mean, yeah. it's and it's yeah, a tale that we've it. seen so many times yeah. but it's in the telling that obviously what a different environment to tell that yeah. story a yeah different character yeah it's great. but it takes it to another level like even the brother 
with the horrific mm. things that he does juxtaposed with the kind thing he does, kind things he does. You go, like, considering the horror they saw at a young age, it takes you down those two paths. Those two brothers, they mm. take you the, down yeah. the two paths mm-hmm. where, you know, Jamal is... There's, probably because he's younger as well, there's still more of an innocence to it yeah. and a kindness to it. And then he makes that choice. But is it Salim? Salim, yeah. Salim, who has to then take on the responsibility of his brother, mm. lose his mum, sees the horror of that stuff, You can see, and then continues to see that with every next thing that happens. Yeah. Yeah. You can see the anger and the aggression and you mm. can understand why someone would choose that path as yeah. well because it's the survival. Yeah, and becomes the dog as that's the boss. It. It's is so, a, got yeah. your dog here, you know, because yeah. he's going to round up the other kids and keep them in line. And that's a really interesting thing as well. Is obviously, it's 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 good writing. It's good foreshadowing that essentially he gets practice leading gangs of kids, which is kind of great. Mm. Um, but also the fact that because he's the older sibling, that he has to, he, he feels that need to be protective of Jamal and the best way to do that is to essentially become the dog, to become this this bullying sort of character. And, like, you know, he ends up, um, you know, betraying these guys who will kill them if they get a hold of them to, to save his brother um, and ultimately goes and kills that head gangster just because he's trying to keep Jamal alive. And he essentially... Almost, I, I almost feels as though Slim chooses that darker path, partly because he is enticed by like you know the luxury and the wealth and walking around dressed like an Indian Bruno Mars. <laughs> but he's also um, there are selfish reasons and there are very unselfish reasons that he chooses to become a bit of a baddie. Um, yeah. And it's partly being young and partly the situation that they're in. You know, they're orphans. It's also. You, that's what he sees success as you know mm. I think it's very hard to you know and he I don't think he can understand how Jamal sees success as finding Latika and being happy with one yeah. another he, he because that's not the world that they see they don't see that they had mm. I mean I think it speaks volumes as well that we only saw his their mother as well so we only saw so clearly mm. they were she was a single parent yeah. to two kids in a heavily patriarchal society so there was no no probably any mm. decent fa- you know father yeah well influence i mean in their lives too like they, jamal's it, it, role model was the celebrity was a- yeah. Am- amitab who yeah he was so desperate to make that connection he literally jumped into a pile of sewage yeah and then ran off to, to and then ran to get that signature and then was so devastated when his brother sold that signature to make yeah. money. Yeah. And I just, yeah. And, and by the way, that, that scene of him jumping into the pile of... Oh, it's of one of my favourite <laughs> scenes. I, I'm not normally a big person for poop. I'm just no, just generally in film. It was incredible. But that, I I loved that scene. Well, you could, safe, you could safely know that it wasn't really poop I, in real life. It know? was, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing Danny chocolate, Ball didn't go... Chocolate and peanut butter or Well, I'm, like I'm that, just but, guessing yeah. that Danny Ball didn't say... <laughs> Oh no, it's a real it's a real pile of shit, kids. Yeah. Jump in. Get what in do it? What? You and McGregor did it. You can do it too. <laughs> Those <laughs> kids were Amazing. incredible. Yeah. They were yeah, some fantastic performances um from from these these young actors who 
I mean, I'll just say, I mean, I could have watched the whole movie just with their... I could have yeah. Just like the first, yep. the, the, the really young kids. Even the second yeah. lot, I could have. Yeah, yeah and, but, uh, and that's a really hard one as well for those guys because they're playing, you know, that sort of awkward midsection where, yeah. like, um, they... they to keep up the, the pace of the story yeah. and mm. the engagement But, with but also the midsection of those characters. Like, we know that Jamal is, is kind, but he's also very, very innocent and he has to lose some of that to become the success that he is at the end of the film. We see Salim being seduced by that power. And we also see um, Ladika making that really difficult decision to stay with Salim because she knows it's just going to end up with Jamal getting killed. Yeah. Mm. And they absolutely carry those those performances fantastically well. Yeah. Um, and the, yeah, like the really little kids were, were great. Um, it, there wasn't a bad actor in this film. I mean, no. they, yeah. yeah. Not one nomination for acting in, in oh, the Oscars at all. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, I, I do wonder why. I don't know how you set that, though. Like, you do, you'd have to do a group win. Or like, you know, ensemble, you know, in like yeah. the Tonys, well, yeah. where they go, you know, for the best the, ensemble. Well, well, like for like in Matilda in the at the Tony Awards, like yeah. the musical, they gave the award to Matilda, but there were four Matildas playing her, so they all won. Okay. Oh, right. Yeah. So, like, I wonder if you'd do that, if you'd put all the kids... Because they all enhanced that those characters. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't just, you know, Dev, Dev Patel, Patel or Frida Pinto holding those characters. They yeah. were... You know, they're, maybe they're, that's they're, why. I don't know. Maybe that's why no one was maybe nominated at it all. Would, I think it would be hard. You couldn't nominate just Dev, Dev Patel, Patel who for that. It's clearly... The lead. I mean, if you had to choose one, yeah. yeah. But he, because he is in the whole movie throughout it. I mean, yeah. And he's wonderful. But yeah. he, we, I think we adore his character because of what we see through the eyes those of those kids. kids. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. important. You don't. You aren't able to make that connection with Dev Patel, and he's not able to sort of build essentially the final stage of this character in this film without those earlier performances. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since the you know the the scene with the three musketeers informs the whole climax of the film and I loved how that. good was how good again is it? I could see, you could see it coming a little yeah, bit yeah, and yeah. it was it was such a joy that question comes up and you're like oh that's right and yeah. he still they were reading three musketeers but he still doesn't know I love that mm. and he doesn't care he just want he, he just got to talk he, to Latika yeah. so yeah. true and at that point I because uh, I didn't know if he was going to get it right or not I was kind of like like. I was kind of hoping he was just going to w- sort of walk out the studio because he like heard her on the phone and like knew where she was and was like going to go meet her up. I was sort of anticipating that kind of thing. Um, but I do also like the fact that he kind of just went, I don't know, A, and then won. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. it's great. It's Otherwise, so the movie great. would have been called Slum- Slumdog Loser. <laughs> <laughs> True Slumdog Compromise. It yeah. would have been. <laughs> Back to the chai walla. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just... So so many amazing things about about this film. Um, the the chilies on the willy. I mean, <laughs> so funny. Just yeah, great scene. Just great scenes like yeah. the, the shits, the, the you know the sewage scene and running through the crowd and getting mm. the foot autograph. Like all those scenes, chilly willy. Fucking... And then within like five ten minutes of that scene, which makes us laugh, we see someone literally blind a child. Yeah, oh, Hor- horrific. Insane. Yeah, it's... and it happens. That's the thing. You're not seeing yeah. anything that doesn't happen. That's yeah. The, that's what's so brutal about it. You yeah. Go, yeah. 
And the adults are so blasé about it. Yeah. Because it's yeah. how they make their living. Because yeah. that's what they've grown up in as well. Like you mm. go, yeah. this is the Cyclical. cycle yeah. of poverty and it ju- and class systems and yeah. it's horrible. And yeah. you have the fact that the, even the police officer when hearing the story goes, well, you know, the blind singers make double. And it's yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, but it's not economics because some kids just... You know, had his eye burnt off. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. it's. But it happened when their mum dies as well, yeah. and the kids run out, and the co- the cops are all playing cards. Yeah, like it's all through it. How get off your ass! How horrible it is. That's why it's really. I find it really interesting that detective that he, you know, the detective that's um overseeing the case. Yeah, of, with uh, Jamal because yeah. Fran Carr and all who's the actor's name. Mm. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. The one from Life of Pi. Like, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Um. Because he, there's that one set when the electricity's happening, which he made happen, and he, you just see him kind of, you know, he's pulling wincing. himself wincing. together. Yeah. He's not happy about it. Um, and you see, uh, you see the other side of it as well, where mm. I that yeah that that really intrigued me that bit because, I mean, he's the only sort of protagonist in the within the police force within that idea of even he's pretty damaged yeah Yeah, he strikes me very much as like because he says at the beginning i've got this many cases to work on i'm dealing with murders i'm dealing with this and i'm dealing with you Mm. i I think that he just hung out with jamal literally because he didn't want to do any other bits of his job i think he's literally just quite possibly tell me your story what is happening here and when he gets to the end of the story he's like yeah i believe you that makes perfect sense it's it makes like it's again it's it's not far from the truth it's probably more truthful than i think we can fathom in the culture and society we live in mm. isn't it one in six only one in six murders in india are, are reported and mm. only, well, i don't know but that sounds like a horrible statistic it's horrible <laughs> yeah. there's and only and out and of that only 20% are investigated or something. Yeah. There's so many... I'm po- possibly making these... No, no. It, 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 I mean, crime in India is, is, a, is a major issue, partly just because of the sheer number of people, but also yeah. because of the infrastructure. Um, I was listening to a podcast recently, a really excellent one the BBC do, called People Fixing the World, where each week they look at a different thing that people are trying to do to solve a problem. Mm. And there was this prize um, which was for... It was, I think, it was a prize to help develop technology for keeping um, like women safe from being attacked or raped or whatever it yeah. is. And the competition was based in India because of the just ridiculously Fear high amount, amount of of yeah. crime that happens uh, against women. And I think this this film and. Does what what we were saying before. We're saying that it doesn't pull its punches. It does not hide away from anything that is to do with with that sort of thing. You know, we see their mother get brutally murdered, mm. um, but because because that that violence happens, we see um, uh, Latika when she uh, when they meet up with her a few years later in the middle stage, she's essentially being trained up to be a, a prostitute or, yeah. or like a. a like she's still a virgin and that's highly prized mm. um and you know the uh, maman is saying how much money that she's worth because of that um and i think it's i think it's part of the reason why this film works and why i think a lot of people respect this film because it doesn't shy away from the fact that there are problems and 
yeah. it does a really it good treat, job of yeah, showing. It just treats them as this is just their world. It's yeah. this is normal to them, and you just got to deal with it. Even these poor young kids that just got to deal with these mm. horrible things. Um, and then you really juxtapose good. that with this storyline where this slum dog is going through and getting all the questions right, and mm. all of the people in authority are really pissed at him for getting mm. it right and ex- except for the dudes running the stage oh, that managing pro- that yeah. show that producer but he's, he's having they, his best day he's loving it but then they show all those shots of every single per- it's the slums it's yeah. the middle class and it's the upper class with their you know in with their slaves and their servants but and they're all sitting around and watching it and rooting for jamal yeah. they want him to win you think- go, it's the it's kind of ludicrous mm. But, but it's it's the power of that story. It is the power yeah. of, you know, the, the underdog, you know, coming good. The the under slum dog, essentially, you know, yeah. c- coming through and um, and triumphing against adversity. Um, and, you, you know, I think the only person that isn't that pleased is Javid when he realizes, hang on a sec, that's my that's my wife on the phone. Ah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's I think it is really interesting. Uh, the character as well, you say about the 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 people on the show who aren't happy the, the host uh, Prem Kumar mm. um, I thought he was great it was great uh, particularly in that yeah. fi- you know in that final act where they're, they're in the bathroom and he's just saying you know it's okay we're gonna get through this we're gonna do this and he leaves the B yeah. on the mirror I would have picked B by the way you'd have gone yeah, Ricky Ponting I did but when he wrote B I, I knew it wasn't it was wrong B. Yeah. yeah and so I learned something new and I like that do you yeah. think because while I was watching that scene I was imagining it, but with Eddie Maguire playing that role. <laughs> do you think um, Jamal would have instantly known not to go with B? <laughs> what if Eddie was there? Yeah, if Eddie was there. You would have offered him a Collingwood membership. Yeah. yeah. I can't say. Mm. Yeah. It's, just a, it's just a very pleasing image, Eddie Maguire, just yeah. in this very intense I'd prefer Danny him than Eddie Maguire. Yeah, mm. and this guy's a big home. old sleazeball. Yeah. Mm. So that says a lot, and I agree. Yeah. yeah. He's there going, it's my show, it's my show. Yeah. He's my banging show. walls, not happy. <laughs> yeah. But he was great. He almost felt a little bit like um, if Matt Berry was a serious actor. That's a little bit what it felt like. <laughs> now I want to see Matt Berry in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's oh, my oh. show, piss off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what answer are you going to give? A... <laughs> B, C, or D? Or D. His line readings would be amazing on every single question yes. because they, they're always unexpected. And that's why I'm going to go home after this and mm. watch some um, Matt Berry related mm. stuff. Toast like of Toast of London, of London and the Mighty Bush. Well, Toast of Mumbai in this case. Yes. Well, good one. Um, well, aside from alternate castings... Um, were there any other bits of this film that, that really stick out for you um, from this experience? Because it's, it's just so densely packed. I loved all the shots on trains yeah. um, and the way they were shot and giving a real sense of, of movement and seasons passing and time passing. Um, I, I know it's, it's kind of a very small part of the film, but I just thought the way that they were shot and used to show that progression um, was fantastic and also really tapping into a big part of, of Indian cultural identity yeah. is, is the transport system. Yeah. And I just thought those shots were so clever the way they were used. And even seeing life on the train, the fact that Jamal and Salim were, were essentially they've gone like a step up in the, the homeless 
children um, caste system by being the ones that work on the train, and then they upgrade to being tour guide uh, scalps yeah. at the Taj Mahal. Taj Mahal. Um, hilarious. Oh, with the, yeah, with the German couple. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, well, thought she died in childbirth. <laughs> oh, that's why they were going. She <laughs> yeah. she was giving birth, and they were going to the hospital, and that's when she had the crash. Legend. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'll say um, in response to that, the things that I love and respond to the most of, and I say this a lot, are the filmmaking techniques and the choices with the visuals and the editing. Mm. And uh, I love all the visual flourishes that just kind of just surprise you. Even just the opening title of the kid going for a bowl with the cricket and then it just freeze frames on his shirt and it says Slumdog Millionaire on it and it's just this beautifully composed, shallow depth of field shot, which... It's just there for a second and, you know, that's just one of a hundred examples that I love about um, Danny Boyle's just creative mind, you know, and, and then that's not even talking about the soundtrack, which I think awesome. is amazing and yeah. awesome and most of Danny Boyle's films have that in common, you know. I think of yeah. the the shot that, for, I don't know why, but it sticks out for me is was at the start as well during that chase scene and they're just running through the market and the camera follows the kids and then in the one shot just screams back and then follows the cops. Like yeah, it's yeah. like there's just real no kinetic whip pans well, or Because it's yeah. it's 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 really fast paced, but it's not distracting. You know, you watch action yeah. films oh, and they're just they're over jump cuts here and it's so mm. stupid. You don't you, you lose a sense of the action. That's yeah. it. Yeah. You get this whole you get all this action, you get all this excitement all this movement and yet you don't lose mm. what's at the center of you know at the story at that time you're not yeah i really loved yeah. in that opening chase right in the middle of all that franticness just four shots more further out further yeah. out further out showing the still shots look yeah. at the size of the slum yes. this is the situation they're in back to the chase yeah. and it's so quick it's the one but it started with the dog it started with the dog the dog? Oh, the dog that was lying there. Just lying the there, yeah. and, they, and they, everyone they runs, runs yeah. past. Yeah, yeah. just shots. with his bollocks on the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're just there going, oh, well, there's at least one sort of cast system that's not happening here. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, the end of the film. We we should probably touch on the fact that, that obviously Jamal and uh, um, oh, the name just left uh, Latika. Oh, yeah. Um, they're they're re- reunited, but uh, Salim sacrifices himself to do it. Mm. I love the shot of him in the bath shooting Javed. Yeah, it, isn't it's not what you? I thought yeah. he was gonna get on it and kill himself. First. I thought he was gonna like set it on fire, and like then the whole house would set on fire and yeah. it would all collapse. I just love he's lying in the bath. Guy walks in, lifts the gun out, bang! It was like it, uh, he must have seen Star Wars at some point and was trying to do the Han Solo table <laughs> shot. Thing. And then obviously he then gets gunned down, but it was yeah. so. Well, well executed. Yeah. Um, it was so well done, and the fact it was tied in with the millions, oh, mm. the the twenty yeah, million the rupee money, being yeah. won by um, Jamal was. That's just Danny Boyle is very good at yeah. making films. And I think I just, that's what this podcast should be called. Yeah, I'd, <laughs> I just want to bring up the violence in the film because mm. it is very intense, but it is not. Um, explicit or gory and he mm. did that on purpose he mm. wanted a pg-13 rating for this film mm. and they just couldn't give it to him they're like it's too intense and he's like well you don't i mean when you get shot you don't see blood you see the squibs of the money going mm. off and yeah. the sound effects you don't see the kid being blinded you hear sound effects but it's just as violent and intense yeah. it's, but it, isn't that it, it's because it's real life and we it, just yeah, can't well, that's handle why. reality isn't that just 
it's just shit. It's more violent like, than seeing I, real yeah. squibs going off and banging exactly. you know, blood and guts. And I that's why you couldn't get that rating. I can see a film classification board watching that film and going, it just feels like an R film. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. Kids can't watch this. Yeah. Their parent. yeah. And he was like, yeah. well, and it was too late for him to argue that he had like, to come out. So. I've been watching a, the Ken, what's his name? Ken documentary Levine. maker. Ken, oh, Ken Burns. Ken Burns Vietnam War documentary on mm. Netflix. Oh, it's about it, twelve yeah. hours of mm. Vietnam War footage. It's really interesting. Good. Yeah. And like real real life is so much gorier mm. and hardcore than mm. anything a movie can. So it's also obviously real footage of real. It's real battle. footage. Yeah. Is that famous shot of the North? Uh, sorry, the South Vietnamese. Soldier shooting the Viet Cong in the head. Yeah. Mm. So they play all the footage. I've seen the photo of it because it's yeah. a photo where it's just as the bullet's about to exit the side of his head, but they show the footage of it. Mm. And it almost, we're so used to violence on film. And I love violent films. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like a, yeah. We did Running no. Man. We we're aware of Yeah. This. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> but their shot of him, the bullet yeah. leaving his head, is mm. one of the most intense things I've ever seen. Mm. And this sort of stuff, it just resonates with me, like yeah. talking about this with this film, because I can see that because people understand how real this is mm. and kids getting their eyes yeah, yeah. messed Acid up just so out. an old bastard can make some money off it. Like, it shouldn't be R-rated though. It should no. be... MA-15? Well, it's MA in MA. Australia. It's MA-15 okay. for okay. strong violence and... That 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 does feel right. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it is yeah. it's, it is strong violence for the depictions of it. I'm just mm. saying li- the literal blood and gore that mm. could have been sh- is n- is not yeah. present. No. And I found that interesting, you know, because mm. I know that Danny Boyer was trying to get a smaller rating because he's like, well, it's not violent, but people are like, no, mm. but it's intense and it's real, and that's why we're giving you. This it should rating. be studied. It should be. Yeah. Well, I imagine that it would be. I mean, mm. it's. I mean, this is a classification. Yeah, it's exercise. I mean, it's it's ten years on now, so you know, it's it, and I I think he would probably consider it like a, a naughty's classic. If mm. you were thinking back of great films of the two thousands, I think it would be in the discussion, probably in the top twenty five. I'd say. But it's um, one of those films where you know when you, you think of the films that have won Oscars over time, and it's always like, yeah, what that film shouldn't have won, that person mm. shouldn't have won. Very rare. This there's no argument. To say this film should not have won. Yeah, they were the bell of the ball. That, yeah, they won all technical awards and, like, but like I said, no acting. Awards. Best screenplay, best director, yeah. best picture. Yeah, best soundtrack, best song. Yeah, Jai Ho. Jai Ho. Yeah, yeah. Johnny Ho is a great song. Yeah, it's, A.R. Rahman, it, man, he's mm. he's great. Love his work. Hearing it in the context of the film made me actually like it more because when you first hear it, it's like, oh yeah, no, this is fun. But then when yeah. you hear it in the context of the film, you go. Oh, yeah. okay. I care about it now because it's part of a good story. Okay. And we should mention the whole Bollywood. It's great. That's yeah. The end. I love the that they did scene. that. I yeah. just really like. Yep. Nice happy ending. Needs the dance. Um, yeah. Well, because he does the mm. and he does the dance when they're kids. Yeah. Like, oh, before so he cute. almost gets his eyes gouged out. But <laughs> <laughs> when he, it is written and he, it's our destiny. And then yeah. he's like, and then we'll dance. And then, and they, then bloody they dance. The little kid actors doing the dancing oh, as well. Yeah, it's so cute. cute. Yeah. Oh my god. Mm. All right. Would you guys like some trivia? Yeah. Okay. Um, director Danny Boyle placed the money to be paid to the three lead child actors into a trust. 
that is to be released uh, to them upon the completion of grade school at 16 years. So they should have it now. Um, yep. The production company also set up an auto rickshaw driver to take the kids to school every day until they were 16. That's, that's beautiful. Great. Mm. That's doing it right. That's, that's going to Danny. Mm. Yeah. Just yeah. again, nice guy. He's a nice guy. Great, yeah. talented guy. Yeah. Well, that also stops the money hero. from being nicked by other people. Yeah. That's yeah. very important. That's Which, very clever. I mean, as we saw in this film, obviously, with, um, you know, presumably if the actors are from like a. I think from, they from, are. Yeah. It, it, and with that being the case, then there is always the danger of of money being mistreated i mean the money gets mistreated with child actors pretty much all the time yeah so yeah i just thought Paul that was Macaulay Culkin. Mm. gary coleman mm. danny boyle originally wanted indian actor shah Rukh khan who had hosted the final season of the indian version of who wants to be a millionaire to play the game show host uh, but the actor was not available the actor who does play the uh, the host anil kapoor was a guest on the show and won... He won money. He won five million rupees. Wow. Yeah, good on him. So it, when he says, this is my story... Yeah. Is it is his story. story. It's a little in-joke for yeah. Wow. Do you remember that actor from um, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol? Do you remember? I know you haven't seen As it, previously Steve. established, yeah. only seen the first yeah, one. Did you see that? Anyway, anyway, had a little part in that. He was like a mark for the team that they had to get a code out of. And oh. he's like this billionaire guy, but he's like this playful kind of Casanova guy. So the girl has to seduce him and he's... He's just really funny in that role. And, oh, cool. Um, check it out, man. Yeah. That he's, sounds he's great. He's a great actor, yeah. How was Mission Impossible 6, by the way? Oh, loved it. Show All out. Yeah. Yeah, no, highly recommend it. Good fun. Go Good. see it, kids. It's great. Excellent. <laughs> just wanted that quick follow-up to episode 66. Anyway. <laughs> um, when viewers objected to the term slumdog as racist sounding, which I just want to go, did, did that seem like it was a racist sounding term to you, Tegan, first time watching it? No, because it's Indian. It's set. It was there, they were using it, so... Mm. Okay, because yeah. basically director did, Danny Boyle explained that the word was a combination of Jamal's twin understand uh, twin standings, sorry, um, his twin statuses as being a slum dweller and an underdog. Yeah. Right. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so, so that's why they've... But there was outcry, a little bit of... Mm. From who? Yeah. From, well, I think Western audiences. That's what, that's yeah. what I mean. Like, yeah. that's, like it's not great... No. The pile of poo that young Jamal jumps into was, as uh, Jago previously said, a combination of peanut butter and chocolate. Oh, that kid would have loved oh, that. Yeah. It's the best combo ever. No wonder he was dessert. so happy. Yeah, he played it well. He's like, oh, mate. Hmm. Everyone would have been lick, 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 licking him. <laughs> anyway, move on. <laughs> well, all the other kid extras would just be like grabbing yeah, handfuls grab off him. Handfuls of, you know, chum butter. Right? <laughs> That's what we call it. Chumbutter millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> um The film was originally intended to receive a PG thirty rating, but got the R rating, um, as as you said. That's this is this is where I learnt this from. This I is, just yeah. found it really interesting. Don't read thing. the IMDb trivia. I didn't. Before. I mean, I did years ago, but I'm and he's just, remembered it. And I remember it like from even from the Hang DVD extras. So, okay. The next question for 10 yeah, million right. rupees. Like, <laughs> this film was originally intended to receive what rating? An American R rating. No, no, a PG-13 rating. Is that That's what f- Danny Boyle wanted. Is that your no, final he's answer? I have four choices. Oh, of course, sorry. Uh, yeah, go on. PG-13, PG Tips, um, MA-15, or R. So the question is, what did Danny Boyle... The question the is not rating. Jeopardy. It's who wants to be a millionaire. 
Well, that's stuck. I want to know because there are. The film was originally intended to receive which rating? Oh, PG thirteen. Like PG thirteen. Are you locking it in? Lucky air, whatever he said. Is he French? <laughs> well, it's correct. You win. Do 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 do. Which means I've got what, one cent because I also know for a fact that twenty million rupees is, is like four hundred grand or something. Mm. In, I would, you know, I'd be happy with oh, that. Totally. This movie was almost released straight to DVD instead of getting a theatrical release, and your face then perfectly sums up why that would have been a travesty, Tegan. Uh, for everyone at home, you don't get to experience that. Yeah, if you've madness. seen the scream, it was sort of like that, but with the mouth closed. Yeah, yeah, yeah perfect. Um, oh. Again. That's crazy. Why? Does it say why? Um, well, it didn't really get any backing from many of the major studios. I mean, um, people weren't expecting this film to be a big hit. Mm, um, racism. Yeah. I reckon. Probably. Um, yeah. Flat out. I mean, it was the first um, sort of like de facto foreign film to win the Best Picture Award since uh, The Last Emperor back in the 80s. Mm. Oh, well. um, and yeah, neither of those films were produced or supported by major American film studios. So, I mean, the, the Slumdog Millionaire is a real underdog tale, both in yeah. within itself and, and the actual film. Um, but yeah, yeah the, it's straight to DVD release would have been tragic. Oh, that would have been horrific. Because mm, it's... Yeah. it's it's wonderful. Um, it's made for cinema. It's mm. beautiful. Yeah. Mm. Only a budget of $15 million. I mean, look what they did. Yeah. The, the, the film wasn't also terribly well backed by um, some of the brands that were in the film to an extent. Um, there's a scene early in the film where Maman approaches Jamal and Salim to give them uh, a cool drink. Uh, the f- well, it was meant to be a drink called um, Thumbs Up, but the branding had to be removed because the manufacturers didn't want to be associated with the film. So they made it just look gen- like a generic Coke, Pepsi thing. I wonder if... And wonder why... Yeah, why do well, they want to be... Just... But I wonder if it's because a man who... Is stealing children. children and yeah. stealing them from an well, orphanage okay, was giving it to them. Okay, maybe. that's fair. Uh, but Mercedes-Benz also asked for its logos to be removed from the scenes that take place in the slums. The company, according to Danny Boyle at least, did not want to be associated with the poverty-stricken area, fearing it might taint its image. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Because that was a great scene mm. when they just totally took apart the Merc yeah. that the yeah. Americans had. I loved that. That yeah. was great. Yeah. And, I, and I wasn't and there. And it didn't go- make me hate Mercedes. Yeah. It made me feel sorry for Mercedes. Yeah, it made me go... Fuck them now. Yeah. Eat a dick, Mercedes. <laughs> However, if uh, Mercedes would like to sponsor this podcast... Uh, Fuck off. You can eat a dick. <laughs> BMW, Hi. Fair enough. Moving on. Uh, I was looking for shopping for a BMW. Uh, Longinus Fernandez was the choreographer of the dance sequence set to Jai Ho, which plays during the end credits, but his name is not in the credits of the film. Uh, upset with this, um, Fernandez skipped the preview parties. Danny Boyle was also um, upset about the mistake and promised he would make it up to him, which he did. Uh, when accepting the Best Director Oscar, he admitted his mistake uh, to the audience and thanked him personally um, as part of the the Best Director uh, Award receivership. Yeah. I couldn't think of the word. Uh, but yeah. Um, oops. Yeah. Gee, I mean, yeah, that's, a, that's a pretty big omission. It, it is. And I wonder if, because obviously, it, I don't know if it would have made it to DVD by then. Yes, it would have. But mm. by the time the Oscars come around the next year in March. So... It's not like they could even reinstate mm. it into the DVD. Maybe the Blu-ray, but 
Hmm. Yeah, you know, somewhere at the end, they just, you know, do a little copy-paste thing. Salim's death uh, mirrored that of Mahatma Gandhi's. Um, Both were shot in the chest at uh, quite close range, and Slim's last words were, God is great, which, according to a number of eyewitnesses, were also Gandhi's. I'm wondering if that was deliberate or not. Oh, I'm sure I think was. so, because it's, yeah. in the, it's on the money. When, it is when on they the... talk about yes. the whole scene, how do you know who Ben Franklin is if you don't know who Gandhi is? Yeah. So I think it's... That's a beautiful Yeah, absolutely. Scene. Great. Because he never, would never have seen that money. He would never have seen a large rupee, rupee note, but he's mm. seen the... Hunji. Nice little mm. like writers. That's beautiful. You know, trick in there. Yeah. Yeah. Shall we try score the film? Yeah. Okay. I've got, I've got a feeling I know what's going to happen here, but we'll start with Tegan because it's your first time watching it. What score would you give Slumdog Millionaire out of ten? I would give. Oh well, I knew like halfway through the film what I was going to give it score wise. 10 Taj Mahal tours out of 10. Mm, nice. But I thought it was perfection. Mm. It was a perfect film. All right. Um, Jago? Jago, what do you think? <laughs> I'll, I'll give it uh, a solid eight and a half Ricky Pontings out of 10. Eight, eight and, and a half? half? Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, I'm curious. Now, we know it's not your favorite Danny Boyle film. Yeah. Why eight and a half? What does it lose points for? Um, I think it lose just for me, just a little bit. I realised as I was watching it this time, um, that it kind of lost a bit of its pace after the the kid actors were out of the picture and were dealing with Dev Patel, and and the continuation of his story from them. Mm. I felt that um, you know, the energy of the the children's scenes are just so beautifully done, and they're so great, especially mm. the youngest ones who I think are awesome because they're not actors. I mean, they they no, were slumdog kids, you know. Yeah. Um, so for me, I think it just lost a bit of bit of pace there, mm. and that's it. You know, it, it took a while for, for it to build up again to get to that perfect climax of the last question. Mm. So yeah, may, maybe that's why I'm okay. doing that. Yeah. But, well, you know, you are the professional film reviewer. But you're also wrong, uh, yeah. because um, apparently on this one, yeah, yeah, no, it's it, it, look, I, 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 I'm sure it, it's obviously very different coming back and watching this film because um, I'm, it, I'm, I'm a ten out of ten as well, mm. uh, same, same as Tegan. I, it really, I was expecting it to be good because it's Danny Boyle. I was expecting to, I wasn't sure if I was sort of like hyping it up a bit too much in my own head, and I wasn't. I really love this film and I, I also I don't know if there's a way that you can make this film better and I think that's always the sign of like a film that is right up there in terms of like the nine and a half to ten out of ten films mm. yeah. um, so that's that's what it's going to get from me it is going to get ten chilies on ten willies because <laughs> <laughs> it was um, it was absolutely superb yeah I because I see what you mean like and I can see coming back to watch it again because you'd be enamoured with and excited by those younger scenes. And yeah. then the, as the pace slows, I think they've done a really, at least as a first time watcher, I think they've done a really good job of balancing that out by not making you sit through too much of the adult yeah, no, versions I agree. of them. And I would, I, it definitely would have been a 10 out of 10 after my first viewing. Yep. I was floored by it. You know, yeah. like I was like, this is on another level. Absolutely. I've seen it many times since then. And, you know, I'm just, yeah, you know, eight and a half isn't bad though. That's no, no, eight and a half is good. No, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like I can see why after, because they're, 
because you because you would know what's happening and what's yeah. to come so you'd be waiting for those moments yes and you have that whole first half of the movie of just just those incredible kids yeah mm-hmm. all of those three sets even you know the adolescent the, the pre-adolescent and the the little kids they're so good mm-hmm. yeah. so I, I i understand mm-hmm. still giving it 10 though no good mm-hmm. yeah. all so, right well, that brings us to an end of this episode uh, where we reviewed a Slumdog Millionaire, Tegan and, and Luke J. Girl. Thank you very much Thank you. for reviewing this episode. Oh, it's a pleasure. That was Cheers. great. For those of you listening at home, uh, you can subscribe to this show by uh, finding us on iTunes or SoundCloud or any other podcasting or podcatching service so you can get more episodes like this. Somewhere we don't swear. We are also on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash CCUC podcast and you can become a member of the club. Uh, But that's all for this week. So until next time. Jago! I want one. Uh, Tegan then, I guess? Tego. Tego. Three, two, one. Tego! That sounds cheap. (laughs) I don't care. Malvo! Malvo! Sounds like Paddy And now, as promised, a preview clip from episode one of the science fiction radio play series Atlantis. <laughs> Floor 34, Ponderlat's laboratory. Visitors are reminded that Atlantis labs are not responsible for any injuries sustained of a physical, mental, or spiritual nature during your visit. Well, that's comforting. Hello? Nothing to worry about, Dorothy. A quiet corridor doesn't mean these crazy scientists opened up a a portal to some godforsaken place and unleashed who knows what on the base. They're probably all studying. Yeah, studying. That's what scientists do. They're just professional nerds. Nerds with qualifications. There's nothing at all down here. Pardon this intrusion. (laughs) You appear to have discharged your firearm into my face. That wasn't very nice. So you have to run. There's a monster of some kind in the corridor. We have to evacuate. Oh no, don't tell me the doc didn't lock the cage properly. What? I keep telling her that she needs to push against the door when she closes that latch. So we have to leave now. What did it look like? Blue and furry? Or turquoise and wavy? Uh, it was orange and bulgy. Orange and bulgy? It's coming. Get to the evacuation chutes and warn Chief Castain. We have an unknown creature on the loose. Wait. Don't mean luck, do you? Luck. Senior technician, this person just shot me in the face and then ran away. I am confused as to their intentions. Is this your monster? Yes. What is it? It's okay. They're friendly. Well, normally anyway. I've never shot luck in the face before. If you enjoyed the clip from episode one of Atlantis that you have just heard, you can hear the entire thing over at www.atlantisradioplay.com. You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.